What up, Rag Hags? This is your host, Shawnee, and with me is my co-host, Bridget. We are so excited to be interviewing this titillating duo behind the Grace Goodwin books. They are creating sci-fi romance that is steamy AF, well-written AF, and, well, we can't get enough of it. We were so happy to learn about how the collab began, the process of writing their books, and why their husbands ask what kind of scene they're writing that day. Hashtag time to stretch. Keep an eye out for an incredible international giveaway from Grace Goodwin coming up Friday. And without further ado, let's get it poppin'. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you say now? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Well, hello, Grace and Vanessa. Thank you so much for being here. I am very excited because Shawnee introduced me to Grace Goodwin Books back in the spring at the beginning of quarantine. And the quarantine in LA was a real lockdown situation. And I needed a lot of books. And I think I read maybe what, like Shawnee, like 10 in a row in like a week or something. Shawnee's like, where are your children? And I was like, they're playing in the grass. They don't need me. (laughs) I have more stories. And so super stoked that we got you on the podcast and that you're here. So thank you for being here with us today. Yeah. Thanks for having us. So you guys. Which 10 did you hit first? Who did? um, I started. um, (laughs) I'm just curious. So I started. I think in like the middle of the interstellar brides. So not the virgin brides, the regular interstellar brides. And then I went through like the beast mode ones and then hit the (laughs) prillions, got some Vicans. So I like, I did, I did like a bunch of, of, I would say like kind of like the middle, almost like the middle third of it. Okay. Just curious. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I missed, I missed the first couple, uh, just dove right into the middle. Um, so you guys, I don't know if you guys know this because I didn't ahead of time, but Grace Goodwin is actually a writing duo made up of Grace Goodwin and Vanessa. And how did you guys get started? Like, how does how does uh, the duo writing work for you? Does one person write each chapter, each point of view? Do you switch off? Like, what? How does it all work for you? Guys? You broke it up. Um, we met probably about twenty years ago at a, a local Colorado romance writers chapter, and we were put into a critique group together, um, and it went from there. So it's been. We've been friends for a long time. That's awesome. That's like me and Shani. We were at YouTube space in LA and we were doing like a little writing thing. And a friend of mine who was a friend of hers brought me into the room and I was like, instant best friends. Hello, (laughs) (laughs) friend for life. Join me. Let's make art together and content. I think it was somebody, somebody said something and I looked at Bridget, like, you know, when somebody says something that doesn't quite make sense or you're like, but uh, somebody said something and I did this and she looked at me and I looked at her and I'm like, did we just become, did we just, <laughs> we just connected. We just connect. Yeah. Grace, were you always interested in sci-fi romance or were you writing a different genre at the time? Um, I grew up a total sci-fi geek, like complete and total sci-fi and fantasy. So I spent like 10 years of my early life reading Tolkien and Eddings and Ari Salvatore, Dark Elf and all that stuff. Um, the fir- very first movie I saw in the theater was Star Wars when I was six. I'm dating myself, I know, but um, Star Wars and Bambi. And I much preferred Star Wars yeah. because Bambi made me cry. And I so went sad. home and I just wondered, Mom, what were you doing? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> it was horrible. Um, so, yeah. Um, but then I found romance. And I found paranormal romance. Mm-hmm. Vampires were my thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and there weren't really aliens other than space fleet 
and um, Star Wars, and it didn't have the kick I wanted. So Grace just kind of came from there. Gotcha. That's awesome. I wanted Star Wars with some hot and juicy bits. <laughs> well, you have succeeded with a plum, I must yeah. say. Yeah, you have. <laughs> One thing I like about your books is that they start out with a real like bang, pun intended, because a lot of books, even if it's like an instant lust sort of situation, it still takes like, I don't know, let's say 25% of the book for people to get into bed. And I love the way that you crafted that idea of starting with like that dream sequence of, or the testing sequence rather. Um, Vanessa, how do you, how do you guys come up with those scenes? Do you each like trade off for each book? How does well, that? Well, we always like to make sure that there is kind of hook or um, either a sexy or adventurous lure at the beginning of the book so that people can um, read right from the beginning that it's going to be hot and or exciting or both. And so we make sure that we get them right from the beginning. But the testing scene, we wanted to make sure that the concept was there where we had a reader from Earth, which is pretty much everybody um, we know of, and um, we want them to want to be the heroine. We want all our readers to be the ones who want to be in space being matched to their perfect guy. Um, I think we all can agree that we'd love to sit down in a chair and instead of getting a cavity filled, get tested for a hot guy and 99.9% guarantee that it's a perfect match. So it's a win right from the beginning. And when you know that you're going into space to meet the perfect guy that's been subconsciously matched to you, you know there's going to be adventure and troubles along the way because it's romance. But ultimately, since there's always a happily ever after in there, um, we like to make sure that everyone's literally along for the ride. I mean, you succeed because I I think those scenes are so fun. I also think they're fun because they give you a little bit of a tease of like what the different um, types of pairings are. So like not only the number of partners, but any sort of maybe like a little inkling of like some special sauce that might be in that pairing, <laughs> yep. which, which I think is really like a fun, right. like little tidbit where I'm like, Ooh, like how's that going to play out in the future? Cause there's like people watching perhaps, or there's <laughs> three people in this bed with her or. Well, I think like every woman or not just women, but any person on earth who um, has different, everyone has different sexual desires and interests and needs. And we want to make sure that we don't um, exclude anyone. We try to be as inclusive as possible. And so we have different planets with different heat levels or different, I'm doing air quotes, specialties. And so we want to make sure that that we hit everyone's hot buttons. And so not everyone likes every planet. We get readers who comment that this planet's not my favorite, but we love these guys. And so we just want, we always make sure that all our readers hopefully are, are all included. And it's hysterical that you said special sauce because that's the exact phrase we use with each other. We're like, what's going to be their special sauce? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's awesome. It's, it's, we try really hard to be, to pick inclusive books, whether that be, gender or on the kind of sex they're having or um like a spectrum of things it's really difficult to uh hit everybody's like special button so i i like a lot that you have like the different planets that have you know that different little thing so that i can be like okay well this these planet this planet that's my planet that's my jimmy jam you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
<laughs> I want to go there. Uh, it definitely, um, uh, you guys, the heat level on your books is amazing. Scorching. Yeah. Scorching. Scorching. Uh, we have a, we have a no closed door policy on our podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, we appreciate that. And when you, when you're really like, uh, crafting the sex though, like, what is it that, um, what like drives how much sex you're, you're putting and, and like when they're having sex, how quickly they're having sex in the book. And like, well, you guys, you know, y'all just hit it off the, off the gate. But. A lot of times it depends on the plot of what's going to happen to them. And it also depends on the character. Cause if the heroes are just like now, baby, you know, <laughs> who are we to argue? <laughs> so we just are like, okay, bro. <laughs> go get her <laughs> but sometimes they're more you know there, sometimes there's bad things happening or or bad guys are interfering or so it just really depends on the plot how and and the characters themselves um because some of the heroines we try to be very conscious of all different personality types and heroines too um because some heroines would be like yo come here right now and let's do this. And some heroines are like, Oh, let's, <laughs> let's go have dinner first. You know? So um, it just depends a lot on the characters and the plot itself. Um, Vanessa, of, do you have a, a favorite of the different pairings to write? Like, are you more f- a fan of the Vickens or the Prillians? Um, or the you know, it depends piece? on the day. Usually um, I, when we start thinking about what the next book is, we decide what we feel like writing. We feel like writing one male, female, which we feel like writing two guys, three guys, you know, and then what we're in the mood for, and then we choose the planet from there. Um, and I have to put an asterisk here because I think everyone who reads the books pronounces that planets differently. So I pronounce Viking Viking. And so I'm not knocking how you pronounce it. You can do it every way, any way you wish, but I just want you to know in advance that I'm going to say Viking and, and Bridget, you said oh. Viking. There's no difference. They're all hot. <laughs> so, um, so I'm just going to say, I think my favorite planet is Viking uh, because I can really <laughs> use three guys. My my poor husband is probably rolling his eyes if he heard this right now, but I could use a guy that does the cleaning and one guy that does the kid chauffeuring and one guy that does the cooking. So I can really <laughs> three around the house. Oh my God, Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa, you, so, so I, I'm a, I'm a, a polyam person and I knew it when I was like 13 and I always said that I needed three partners. Like, like, and this is like not coming from a sexual, like, like the, a sexual place. This was like a lot, very logical thing that I was thinking at 13. I was like, well, I need a partner who, you know, can bring home the bacon, go out, do, do the work. I need somebody who's sweet and cuddly and just emotionally like there. And then I need that guy who can put me up against the wall. I don't need him to be too smart. Just fuck the shit out of me. You know what I mean? Like, and, and three just felt like a, a solid, a solid number. <laughs> right. I think that Viking probably based off of what you just said is your plan. <laughs> um, the challenge with writing three heroes is that you've got three guys. So usually here's our little, secret is that we usually we make them three different hair color so that we can separate them in our minds um and know which guys doing what and where and when different personalities so just like you said one's a little bit wilder one's a little bit quieter and so on so yes 
I will see you on Viking together. Yes. <laughs> I, I took the little quiz on your website today, which I thought was so fun. Uh, if you guys want to, you can go to their website and take a little quiz and I'll tell you who you should be, uh, which planet you should head to for your perfect match. And they said that I was uh, supposed to be on Prillian, which I'm fine with. I was like, sign me up for two in the collar. I was like, because the, so the one That's day- That's my I, fave. Woo, yeah. Woo. Okay. So talk, <laughs> Grace, talk a little bit about the bonding collars and and how that gets written and also how it like heightens all of the, the juicy goodness, as you said earlier. Well, um, the bonding collars are like psychic connectivity between them. They can't actually read minds, um, but they can read your emotions. So I always wanted a man who could read my mind. Because if I'm mad, I want you to know why I'm mad. I don't want to have to explain it to you. You should know better, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Whoever your partner is, like, are you mad at me? Yes, I am. (laughs) And you should know why. So I love, um, and here's another pronunciation thing, because even Vanessa and I say it differently, but I say prion. Um, I grew up in a town that was 50. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a town that was 50% Hispanic. So I see two L's together and it's, Mm -hmm. you don't, you know, it's, it's prion. Um, But I love prion prime. I love the collars. I love the fact that you have two guys just totally devoted instantly to you and they can read your mind and what you want and what you're thinking. And if you like something or not, or if you're mad at them or not, or if you're sad, you don't have to over communicate. Cause I think in real life, that's a hard for a lot of people mm-hmm. to like be honest about their feelings and communicate what they want, what they need, what's upsetting them. So I wanted to make sure that that was, um, a need that was met for those heroines. And I also love the fact that they're out in space. There's my Star Wars love again. Um, Out in space, on the ships, fighting the bad guys, flying around, doing their thing. So that's why Prion's my favorite. Um, My sister's favorite are the beasts because she just wants one of them to throw Mm -hmm. her up against the wall and Mm -hmm. blow her mind. Um, You just need all three planets. You need all three planets. So you just, you know, never know what you're going to get with a grace book. Yeah. Do you guys trade off chapters? How does the actual writing process happen as a duo? Yeah. Vanessa, I'll let you take this one. Okay, good. Um, We we do not um, write individual chapters. So, for example, I will start writing chapter one, and then Grace will come behind me and add her magic to chapter one and move into chapter two. And then she'll tag it over to me and I will go over what she wrote in chapter two and move on to chapter three so that both our voices are in every single chapter. Oh, I love that. So it's like, it's almost like you're, you're writing, you're almost like, like, um, she comes behind you, then you go back through one more time and then you kind of keep going through. Yeah. That's so interesting. I like that because it keeps it cohesive too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if we get if you get stuck or you feel the story, we call it going off the rails. (laughs) We just, I mean, you can be mid-sentence and realize, whoa, where am I going with this? Um, it's really nice to have someone that you can tag and say, I am going down a runaway train track with this. Bring pull it back. (laughs) Pull it back. I just said, I just said, are we allowed to lie? <laughs> so do you, 
So like, Grace, do you plot the whole like book or the whole series ahead of time then? So that you kind of generally know where it's all going? Uh, Vanessa, you guys, you can't see her, but it's chuckling. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We try because I'm I'm a plotter. I'm very much a plotter. If I don't know what I'm writing, I can't write. She's a total pantser. So we kind of meet in the middle. We have a very rough outline, like one sentence of what we think should happen in that chapter. Um, but I would say less than half the time, actually, I maybe about like halfway through. 10% of the I, time. I think we actually <laughs> stick to it we all the way to the end. <laughs> the end is never the same as what we said it was going to be at the beginning. Yeah. I'd say that is accurate. <laughs> well, Did, they surprise us, you know? Yeah. And you come up with fun ideas as you're writing too. I mean, it's like, you know, things just pop in. You're like, Ooh, that could be interesting. Like, well, where's that going to go? Yeah. I, I, I like in that concept you're talking about like, um, to when I was making puppets and I was like making these like big Jim Henson looking puppets. And I knew the character that I was going, I had like a, like a rough character design of, you know, and when I put the eyes on the puppet, I was like, oh, that's not who you are. Like it was supposed to uh-huh. be this, it was supposed to be this sister who was like super happy and helpful for her younger sister, very wholesome, like, like, you know, kind of feeling. And then she turned out to be this like emo, super emo, <laughs> like, and, and, and I couldn't, I couldn't change it. Like there was no way I could make her the character that I was initially thinking. I was like, she was who she was. <laughs> right. Know? Well, and that's what we do with our, our characters too. We think about who we ideally would be able to fit into the slots that we need and then you start digging into their backstory and something comes out of their mouth and you think wait what and then (laughs) you're stuck because you can't unsee it or unhear it or you know it's too late they've already taken over and then you have to replot the whole thing (laughs) do you ever just like sit and curse your characters and like no why (laughs) (laughs) sometimes (laughs) yeah that's mostly awesome. I curse the bad guys because I'm like what <laughs> this do doesn't get, make sense <laughs> do you ever um do you ever have you ever like had a scrap a book like you got to the end and you were like uh this just I don't know this took a, a turn that I didn't, wasn't expecting and it doesn't make sense or it's not working uh have you ever had to like scrap a book or uh, at least go in and do a deep deep rewrite Vanessa um uh, no, because we would that would be dangerous to get that far. I think since the two of us are working on the same book, it's pretty easy to recognize when we're going to be going the wrong way pretty fast. Um, I will say, and I can give another secret away that for the Ascension Saga, the the um, final ultimate outcome, we changed it in the last book. So sometimes we're plugging along. We literally went through nine sections of the Ascension Saga and or eight sections, and then we got to section nine. We're like, wait a second. I don't think this is good enough. And then we actually tweaked the ending. I'm not going to give the secret away, but we tweaked the ending literally in the ninth section. Like the last five, 10,000 words. That's awesome. I think that's fun. Like, I mean, obviously me and Shawnee do this podcast together and we've both thought about doing podcasts separately for different projects. And, and it's just so nice having someone to talk to when you're thinking about things and rattle ideas off of. And also someone just maybe be like, okay, but you're crazy. And so you need to rein it in <laughs> yeah. and lock it There's down. No rain. <laughs> reining it in though with, with uh, steamy sci-fi romance, because this is the opportunity to go a little crazy. So we just try to make sure we fit in the parameters that the retail will allow us. But otherwise, 
we, we actually push it. We're like, can we make this go further? Can we make this look sexier? Can we make this a little bit more um, unusual? Because if we're dealing with aliens, I think we're actually fairly tame when it comes to alien heroes. I can certainly say if you go to Amazon or any retailer's um, sci-fi romance section and look at the covers, I think that we probably have pretty tame alien guys. You, you covered well, maybe, but your books. Yeah, your books though. Because it's not only like, it's not only the the physical like acts. Me and Shani talk about this a lot. That there's a difference between writing the physical acts of sex and even kinky sex, and you're reading it and you're like, okay, cool, they put that there. Okay, that's neat. But like, you, I feel like you guys like have a hot button of making those acts, filling them with like the emotion and the actual like sexiness because. It's one thing if I'm like, there are three guys and there are three holes. And you're like, okay, well, that seems neat. But it's like having the different characters telling each character and one's dirty talking to the other one. But, you know, like that, you guys do a really good job of, of breathing, life actually, into breathing life into it and making it yeah. really like hot and not just graphic. Well, thank you for saying that. See, we, I think the one thing that we have always done and set as our mission or business mission when we created Grace was it was important that the books we write transport the reader um, and makes it, I'll say, plausible that the reader could actually be the heroine. Obviously, well, maybe there really are, are um, other worlds out there, but that's a little far-fetched. But at the same time, we want to make sure that the heroes are uh, within the realm of possibility for our readers so that they can put themselves into that role. I think if we have a blue man or a lizard guy or whatever, not knocking those books, I think they're great. But for us, we just really want to make them as potentially um, possible for our readers to join in. That's why we made the, the testing on our website so that they can read a book and then go and get a match all their own. And when we do the love scenes, um, we do write most of the mechanics of it first if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but it's always been really, really important to me that the emotion was, was there and was deep. And it's, it's all the little things that you don't think about when you're, I, okay. Um, it's the little things that you don't think about maybe when you're in it yourself, but when you're reading a book, it makes a huge difference whether, and, and we write first person and we write deep point of view. So you can really get into the psyche of the characters and what they're going through. And you can um, recognize a point where there's anticipation and then recognize the point where there's just a little bit more and, you, and then it, it ratchets up the desire. And so that whole process of foreplay, actually, I guess is the word I'm looking for, um, is really important for us because it pulls you into the scene and it makes it not just penthouse forum or one of those other, you know, things, but it, that's what makes a romance a romance. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it should matter if it's a super hot romance or a sweet inspirational romance, that longing and the foreplay and the anticipation is so important. That's why we read the books. That's why I read the books. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. you're so correct with, with yeah. the the longing. And also, personally for me, the longing needs to make sense. Sometimes mm -hmm. I read books where they they prolong it, but it doesn't it doesn't make sense. They're just they use these weird mechanics to get it to last longer and last longer. And then I get frustrated. Uh, and so I think it there it's a special skill to write longing. 
and mm-hmm. and to and to get people like anticipating a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really like <laughs> Ninja Stars where they where they have that sex dream in the beginning uh, before they go to meet their mate, and they know it's their perfect mate because it does like it does you know that thing where I get the sex right up front in a book, which I'm like, and then it's justified. And then they have to start all over. Like, <laughs> yep. and that shit is genius. I, Karen, <laughs> that is genius. Okay. Yeah. We're both like remembering the dream. Like we already know we're compatible. <laughs> I already know. I'm- <laughs> oh, you're going to be the one to make that dream come true. That also justifies that also justifies it to the reader that they know from the start that they are matched. This person, there's no games. These guys don't play games. There's no let me call you in 48 hours or I should, you should call me first. Whatever. They know they want someone. They put they put their the heroes put their butts in the testing chair to get someone. So when they do get matched, they want her. So it's this woman knows that she's wanted right from the start, which validates the speed with Mm -hmm. which we have the sex scenes but it also um validates to the heroine that it's okay for her to feel the things that she does which i think Mm -hmm. is important for women to know that their sexual needs and desires are okay no matter what they are Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think the one i read the other day it was one of the the vicken ones and she was talking about like on earth she always felt like too lusty and people were always telling her she was like too much and her desires were too many and she's like and now i got here and i'm like three hot dudes want to take care of me and have sex with me and give me orgasms for the rest of my life like maybe i should feel ashamed but i'm not let's get down and i was like <laughs> right i was like good for you girl you can get that drink uh, I think that's super important because like even now, like, so, I mean, I'm out polyamorous to like my friends and my like siblings and my, and my parents. It was actually important for me to tell them, um, but not to like the rest of my families, like my, like my aunties and stuff like that. And, and, um, and I just find that it's a little bit annoying because I'm not someone who lies. I don't like to lie. It, it actually like hurts me. Like when I'm lying about a thing, Cause my body's like, no, that's not true. Like, ah, you know, mm-hmm. um, but like when I go to like a family event or I'm doing a thing, I have to like tweak the things I say and it's not quite true. Um, and so like it, part of me just feels like I'm not fully in, in my authentic self because of that, you know? Um, and I, it makes me happy because like this next generation down, I watch really, you know, unabashedly being themselves and, and, uh, and that shit makes me happy. And reading this in books for me was actually what helped me have permission to do it for myself. So I think it's dope. Mm-hmm. You guys write a lot of books, by the way. <laughs> yes, you guys write in a in, in I think it's like seventy six books. Maybe was the number we counted. Does that feel like a, a correct number? I Close? think I think in the Grace universe we're only at like fifty two. Okay. Okay. So maybe, maybe on Goodreads, they list some of them as if there's like a new version or something oh, that like could that, be. but still 52 books. That's a lot of books. A lot of books. So did you guys, it, it looked like online that maybe you published some of them, but now you're fully self-publishing. Grace, Correct. can you walk us through like how that transition happened and, and like why you decided to go self-publishing versus traditional? Um, well, Vanessa was writing for a small press and then um, 
she had, she was soaking in the bathtub, hopefully with candles and a bath bomb. And she had this idea to start grace because she was writing as much as she could write for herself. Um, and I was off to the side trying to make my own thing happen. And she's like, well, I can't handle a whole nother pen name myself, but we could do it together. And I was like, okay. And then, um, we decided what we were going to write. And we started out with a small press for the first five books and they took off and, um, we were like, okay, we can do this now. So, um, and, and the contract was, was generous and we weren't locked in with our series. And, um, so we just let them know that we were going to launch and we just kept going right as fast as we could write. (laughs) How many, how many, like, do I know some people that we've talked to authors do like, they try to do a certain number of pages or a certain number of words per week, but in a duo, like how do you sort of keep on track with, cause you guys are writing other projects. Like how do you keep on track with your pages? And I'll throw this one to you. Um, we don't really do a page count or per day either. We actually work backwards from launch day. So between the two of us, we have five kids, two husbands, a bunch of pets and crazy life. So um, we usually just pick, figure out based off the time of year when we want to um, publish the books. So Kids are out of school now, home from college, all of that. Um, and we want to spend some time this summer hiking in the mountains and things like that. So we figure out what's best based off of how much we need to write and what's going on in our lives and say, okay, August 15th or whatever. And um, so we pick the date that might be working best for us for release date. And then we figure out backwards. And then we usually need about a month to write a book. Um, and then we plug in some extra cushion because um, life comes up and so that's how we work. It's kind of, kind of opposite of most people, I think. A month. You guys, did you just hear her? Did you hear her casually just mention it takes us about a month to write a, a whole month? book? <laughs> Very <laughs> casually, it takes us about a month. No big deal. <laughs> well, it, it takes us. It takes about a month to actually put the words down, but it probably takes us a week of going back and forth to plot the book in advance, and then there's you know weekends and fun Saturdays and Tuesdays and whatever and other things that we're doing because besides just writing the book, we do do sales and other promotions and stuff. So it does get crazy really fast. For sure. <laughs> do you guys send it all your books to the same editor or do you edit together? Well, we, we don't edit oh, We okay. go over it several times ourselves, um, cleaning it up and making sure it's coherent and makes sense. And, um, but we've had good relationships with uh, probably about three or four editors now. Um, our first editor retired. We were sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but we, d- we always send to an editor because grammar. Yeah. Editors should, editors should get paid by the comma. Yeah. Commas. Sure. Just save me. Just make me cry. If I have to even try to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Taking them out or putting them in. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> if there's a comma, there you go. <laughs> I find that like, uh, I've been reading a lot of self-published things and, a lot of times we say like, oh, this book could have been saved by an editor. Like it was so close. It was almost there. Like, but, but who edited this? Like, <laughs> like your neighbor, come on, come on. We're rooting for you. Uh, so that's really, that's, that's awesome. And I, I really hope um, new authors like actually spend the time to invest in an editor. It's, it's the same with music. So I, I do music. And uh, an artist will spend so much time making a song that they love 
and they'll spend money on a music video. They'll spend money on everything under the sun, the best guitar player, the whatever, but they won't spend money on someone to mix and master the song. And that's everything. A poorly mixed song is, is trash. Like it's not, it's, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I like, I like to stress the people in our audience because um, that editing is a huge thing. Just put that money aside. Don't spend on anything else. Let hire that editor. For sure. Yeah, we don't we don't ever skip the editor. And it's really important too, especially if you're first starting out as a writer, you could have amazing ideas. I mean, there are so many writers that have amazing ideas. They're so cool. And they just don't focus on the quality of the book and it ruins it for them when they could be hugely successful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, get an editor if you're listening. Get an editor. Do it. You heard, you heard it here. You heard it here, you guys. <laughs> Rag hags, get on it. Um, Shawnee listens exclusively to audiobooks for our show. Um, how did you do you guys go through one narrator? Did you choose someone or do you go through a company for your narration? Um, we've always used companies, audio production companies. Um, and I I tackle most of the audio these days. In the beginning, we kind of shared it more, but Vanessa does tackles other things. Um so I would just contract with a audiobook producer. Um, we're going with we're using Blackstone right now and a couple of independent narrators, and uh, they tackle it for us. So nice. Well, we appreciate that it's on audio, um, yes. so that we can obviously review your books for the podcast. We have yeah, three audiobooks coming out this month, by the way. Hey! <laughs> it's re- I mean, it's re- it's really important because like it makes it inclusive for, for everyone, like. Uh, I don't, I didn't, I never thought that I would be like listening exclusively to audiobooks because I was such a voracious reader, but like my eyes can't read. So mm-hmm. I, if, if your book's not on audio, I will never get to experience it. And I'm sure people who, uh, um, who are blind or have any other sort of impairment, you know, or processing issue, like audio is the way they do it. Um, so like every time my favorite authors are on audio, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we do audio and we also do large print for all of our books because nice. we do have friends that have visual um, issues or they're just getting older or they just don't want to wear their glasses to read. So yeah, we try to, we try to keep it open. I have a real fondness for a large print because I started reading romance and the, the romance section of the library where I grew up was all large print books. So I have a real <laughs> fondness for the large print and the big book. And I'd walk out with my giant stack of books, you know, everyone else was hiding covers. And I was like, yeah, I'm reading sassy romances. Hello. <laughs> and uh, I'd wa- I, I like, I'm a big like walker and reader. Like whenever I see that in movies, I'm like, yeah, that makes complete sense. Obviously I have somewhere to go. I have time on my hands. I'll read this one. So I'd have my book out, you know, with like the busty covers and, you know, anything I could find. So I have a real special place in my heart. I was the exact opposite. One, when I was sneaking the books, I had no idea why they had large print, right? Like my brain was like, why is this book so ginormous? And why are there three (laughs) three words per line? This is annoying. I have to turn too many pages, too many pages. And then secondly, since like I had to hide every book from my mom, a large print book was just not like feasible for trying to sneak sneak (laughs) and you can't put your I couldn't put my you know when you read a book and you have your finger pressed in the thing the book was too heavy for me I I distinctly remember being like oh those large print books I can't can't do those (laughs) 
<laughs> we, uh, my best friend and I started sneaking books out of my, out of her mom's garage because she would go out in the garage and she put all, she belonged to one of those book clubs where she'd get the real fancy hardcovers every month, but they were naughty. <laughs> and of course we weren't old enough to read them. So we would go out there and find like Michael Crichton or something and take the dust cover off nice. and swap out the books. And we read her entire naughty library in like sixth and seventh grade. And she had no idea. My friend was reading like, um, Michael Crichton, Jurassic Park for like a year and a half, and her mom had no clue. <laughs> Grace, Grace, I'm so happy that you said this because I've I've told this to Bridget because you know when you had to cover your textbooks in school, right? Mm-hmm. With like with like paperback paper. Yep. So the only way I could read a book in front of my mom was I would just put a cover on it. And then I would write Pride and Prejudice across the uh-huh. top. And, and I only had three book titles that I used to cycle between. It was like The Great Gatsby, Pride and Prejudice, and something else. And I must, she must have just thought I was reading Pride and Prejudice for years. Like, I was just really was obsessed <laughs> with this book. Vanessa, did you have to hide your... Uh your romance beginnings? Um, I didn't really, because I didn't get into reading until probably college. I wasn't a big reader uh, before then. Um, But I remember reading um, Outlander. I mean, I I read a bunch of books as well, but I specifically remember reading Outlander on a college trip to England. And we were on a tour bus going to like Stonehenge or something like that. I didn't want to get off the bus to go see Stonehenge because I was really into the book. Which is silly because I'm reading Outlander in England. <laughs> I don't think it was intentional that much, nice. but I should have, you know, I, it was silly that I didn't want to go out and see the fabulous sights of the, the UK when I was reading a time travel. That's so, I, I try to do that when I'm traveling. I try to find like a book that coincides. Like if I'm in like Romania, you know, like I got to get my, you know, old school Draculas, all of it. You know, I try to like... <laughs> Outlander was one of those books that I would always see at the airport too. Like I wouldn't see like a plethora of romance novels at the airport, but Outlander was like the acceptable one that could be out on the shelf. Um, I read Outlander fairly young. It was a long time ago. Interestingly enough, what I remember when I was in the UK, a different trip, they have really, really naughty books in their airport. Now, anyone from the UK is listening to this, you might contradict me, but when I flew, I went to the bookstore there and I got a paperback. I don't know what happened to my books. I don't remember how I didn't have a book on the plane to return to the US, but I picked up a book. It was it was over the top. And I will say that by the time I got back to America, I was thinking about doing like the Mile High Club with my husband because seriously racy <laughs> stuff going on over there. <laughs> I was I was impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like the best part about being a romance reader and your partner walks over and, and they're like, what are you reading? And you're like, oh, you know what I'm reading. (laughs) Get ready. (laughs) I got a lot of ideas. That's funny. My husband asks me what I'm working on as far as writing for the day. Mm -hmm. And he's like, are you doing ug ug? which is code for sex or pew, 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 which is like the battle scenes and stuff. Uh-huh. And I said, finally asked him like, why do you keep asking me that? And he goes, I want to be prepared. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes. That's a smart man. That's uh-huh. a smart man. He's like, I got to get, I got to do my stretches. If it's a hug, hug day, I got right. to loosen up. I got to get ready. That's yes. right. I just spent three hours with three Vikings, bro. 
I'm coming yeah. for you. Coming for you. <laughs> I, one, of, one of my favorite things in the world to do is uh, to listen to an audiobook, listen to the sexy scene, and, and actually get be sexy with my partner at the same time. That is like the ultimate. It's like you get the dirty talk in your ears and then the actual, and there's nothing. It's like, ugh, it's the best. <laughs> I told Bridget, I'm like, <laughs> you have to do this. <laughs> And when we were because then we can have your perfectly dirty talking characters <laughs> just narrating an yep, experience. Yeah, <laughs> and and like when we when I was producing audiobooks because I I did produce audiobooks for um, for a while uh, on ACX. Um, when you're making when you're narrating or producing a dirty scene, when you're done, I mean you're fucking like it's just. It's just what it was. It was just like, okay, good. Did we get that? Is that take done? Great. Like, we go about to hop on this. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, I I always feel like um, more romance novels in general should be made into films and TV because obviously they're wildly successful. Yes. And now I, every day in the news, I keep seeing more and more books get optioned because of obviously like the huge Bridgerton success that just happened. Um do you guys have, I mean, this is a dumb question. Everyone would love their, to see their work on TVs and film. My question more is, has anyone approached you? Like, are you looking for that or trying to make that happen? Grace, they I'll have not, too. but we would be more than open to talking <laughs> to anybody. Yeah. yeah. I would love to see really super sexy, hot Star Trek. I mean, yeah. come on. I know. I mean, it's the perfect thing. Yeah. Because the heroine would be the focus and the mm-hmm. central person of the story. And while she has three heroes, she really rescues herself. So mm-hmm. the heroine really is the hero of the story. So that would be great to have have books just like Bridgerton as an example, where the heroine is the leading role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, just like seeing all the fun characters come to life in the different costumes and like the world building visually, I think I love sci-fi movies guys. I'm a huge sci-fi nerd. So I, I feel like this needs to be a thing. It's so Wouldn't weird. it be awesome? It would be so cool. It'd be so cool. But like, I, part of my brain like doesn't understand, right? Because like the numbers are there, the sales of the books, the, you know, uh, everybody I know, I don't know that many people who are like, to just really straight vanilla, you know, everybody has like a, you know, some sort of kink in one direction or the other. Um, and like everybody gets turned on by weird things. Like my sexual awakening was the undertaker in the WWF wrestling. Like, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, like, <laughs> just right. So like, to me, I, I, I would, I feel like companies should be jumping on optioning. Uh, mm-hmm. these books even if they were, it was just for a niche of whatever I still think the money is there um, so Bridget and I are, we're on a mission to see these well if they can make Game of Thrones I know this would be hello? such a smaller scale come on we don't have to have yeah. a CGI dragon just have to have some little ships going through the exactly you know, like prosthetics that's it. Prosthetic. Yeah, I'm even so. talking about just the level of kink and and oh yeah oh sex on yeah. screen and sex for sure. on screen yeah, and for the sure. whole thing i mean they, yeah if they can and do that is like much darker like yes. your books like the sex is positive and i mean it's obviously very very varied but it's it's like healthy and everyone's into it like game of thrones is some crazy crazy shit going on in that show mm-hmm. 
so and the, I, six, I the success of three, 365 on yeah uh, on Netflix. First of all, TikTok took that movie to a whole nother level because people mm-hmm. were watching 365 on Netflix and then they get on TikTok and there was a whole thing that was like, hey, just blind react to the intro to this movie. And so yeah, all t- everyone all should blind react to the intro of your books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should do that, Jane. We should do a blind react to the intro. Of that That's a good TikTok. idea, actually. Do, yeah, let's do that. Um, do you? So I'm. I mean, you guys are both full time writers. Have you been full time writing like the whole? I think you mentioned you met like twenty years ago. Have you been full time writing the whole twenty years? I haven't. No, I haven't. I had a totally different career um, up until about seven years ago. And um, I ultimately walked away from it and um, write full time after that. But um, definitely not. I never, I never, ever imagined I would be a writer. I think my high school English teachers would probably agree to that. (laughs) (laughs) I, on the other hand, started writing my first book on notebook paper when I was 11. Um, I've always wanted to be a writer. And I have various items in drawers and boxes and half finished this. And, um, but I had three careers before Grace took off. And I, I was working in other careers until 2015. Okay. Okay. So you guys kept on, kept on keeping on, keep on keeping on while you're writing all these uh, delicious books. So, so once you started writing Grace, how many years did it take? For you to feel like it really took off to a point where you could leave your oh your... we were lucky it was like six months oh wow I'd already, we I'd were already total black swans and she had already she had already taken off as vanessa but for me it was six months that's that's amazing <laughs> yeah pure luck pure we got we got lucky we wrote the right thing at the right time mm-hmm well, and also they're really good books. I'm not going to let you get off. the. We were here about promoting people. You guys were at the right time, the right genre, perhaps. But you also delivered a great product that people were hungry for. Well, thank you. You, you guys literally, like, you know when anybody grabs a tissue and they're like, I'm going to grab a Kleenex, right? <laughs> you guys are Kleenex. Anytime there's a book that's about aliens or whatever, they're like, oh, this is a knockoff of you guys that's i've heard that so many times so you guys are the brand name for this so it's your writing is amazing did you feel like your audiences grew like naturally on because i know um jane was doing some research and you have like thousands of members and multiple facebook groups and like a big email list did you feel like that all sort of was like evolving gradually as people found out about your books or was that something you really focused on like early on but Nessa, I'll throw this one to you. Um, both. I think it definitely grew. Um, word of mouth is a huge one. I think people um, um, love a good book and they always share it with their friends. I think that's definitely something that romance readers do is that they always share great stories. Um, we do also, as a business aspect, focus on growing our readership. So it was important that we had a solid and quality newsletter and um, that we were present on at a minimum Facebook so that we could connect with readers. Facebook's great for romance readers to chat and visit with um, people all over the world. And they also were great because the readers were able to give feedback to us about what they liked. Some mentioned they like Vikings, some mentioned they like 
Tryon, for example, Tryon's much more of a planet that involves um, bondage or submissive women um, to an extent. And so um, some readers love it. Some readers really aren't wild about it. However, um, we like to hear that feedback and it also allows us to add new planets. We're never, we never say never when it comes to creating new planets. Um, for example, we added Rogue 5, I think, at the last because we wanted um, a little bit more hardcore sort of MC slash vampire kinds of, of heroes that we didn't have on other planets. So we love to use social media to access those readers to gain them, but also to hear their feedback. Totally. We always ask everyone for their, their recommendations for every season and uh, your you guys came up multiple times. It was like, oh, we have to read Grace Goodwin. We were like, well, duh. Okay, duh. We, need other, we need other authors that we don't know about yet. <laughs> um, Thank you, people. Yes. Thank you, people. Yeah. They were very, very insistent. Very insistent. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have any like books, like Grace, do you have any books that you're reading right now, especially in the sci-fi space, but anywhere in romance will do that you're like, everyone must read this book. Um, I just read an amazing book. I don't want to mess up her name. It's Dewis. It's, it's space fleet. It's not romance. Um, but it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's called, oh gosh, she's gonna feel so bad. Um, the last, oh, let me look it up. Check with Vanessa. She reads more than I do. (laughs) I, here's a, here's a surprise. I don't read sci-fi romance. I I don't enjoy it as a reader, and so I never read it. I don't know the sci-fi authors. Um, that's why Grace is is Grace knows them all, but I just don't really read them. So that's that I, people find it I think hilarious or appalling. I'm not sure which. Um, I love. Um, I have been reading J.T. Geisinger, and I apologize to her if I have murdered her last name. Um, I think her most recent book is beautiful creatures, I believe. And that hit every single one of my hot buttons. There's, it's pseudo-mafia, alibi, romantic suspense, damsel in distress, everything rolled into one that just melts my butter. So um, if you're looking for a great read that's not sci-fi, then this is it. Okay, we'll definitely link that in the show notes. You know, it's funny, we just chatted with Anna Hackett and she also said she doesn't read any sci-fi romance either. Really? She's like, I think, yeah, because she's like, I think about it all day. She's like, I used to read a lot more of it, but now Mm. like I'm in my own sci-fi world. So I like to like read other genres and switch it up when I'm like just in my pleasure reading time. That's true. I If I'm not reading sci-fi, I mostly read um, paranormal or historical. mm -hmm. Historical. yeah, between between Vanessa and I, we have pretty much every genre covered, mm-hmm. which is pr- really helpful when you're writing. But it's called um, the book I just read is J. S. Dewis, and it's the Last Watch. Okay, Last. And the 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 captain of the ship is a kick ass woman. I want to be her so badly. I can't even tell you. <laughs> and. It's, um, I was watching another, um, I was watching an interview with her and they called it competency porn because. <laughs> oh, that, that's my jam. That's got to be right? nice. Yeah. Because yeah. nobody's stupid. I, I cannot stand make one real dumb people. mistake towards the end. And I'm like, come on. Is it yeah. so, <laughs> what, one, but, uh, what Vanessa said earlier about not watching sci-fi. So I love to write horror. I love to scare people. I love to write horror. I cannot watch horror to save my life it gives me anxiety 
I, mm-hmm. I will leave the room. I will fast forward. I will do anything. I'll watch the end of the movie first. Anything not, like not to, so I totally understand, like totally not being in the genre that you're actually like to work in. Um, but two, like the, that competency thing that you're just saying, Bridget, I have like this kind of debate sometimes because in a, um, I'm hyper literal as a person. So in a book, as soon as a character does something that's out of character, um, the, I can't, I, I disconnect from the book. Like, and a lot of times it has to do with the competency. It's like, oh, you promised me that this person was super competent and now they've done this super incompetent thing, you know, that doesn't make sense to my brain. And then my brain like spazzes out and I'm just like, but why? But why? I don't understand. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, we'll be plotting a lot and we'll be throwing ideas back and forth and one or the other of us will say, well, that makes her stupid. <laughs> and we're like, next, next yes. idea. Because <laughs> we can't, neither one of us can stand. Um, we, we don't like stupidity in our heroines because we just don't. And we also don't like heroes that aren't actually heroic. So they have to be good guys. They're good aliens, but they have to be good guys. Yes. You don't want the one who's like doing the shady dealings. You want the one who's standing up against the shady dealing. Exactly. I, I, I think the, um, we didn't talk about this earlier, but I do like the sort of overarching nemesis of like the hive as like a general umbrella villain, but then that there's actual like real villains within sort of the power structures of each planet or whatever ship they're on. Um, I think that it like makes it more immediate because like the hive, some of the books they're like actively like right there, but a lot of the books it's like the hive is scary and they're an omnipresent, but they're not, literally in the room or the ship right um, that's not what we're dealing with right now right they're a, they're a back burner bad guy yeah <laughs> big time villain we got to deal with this normal villain who's in our <laughs> space so we can get to pound town that's right <laughs> <laughs> oh speaking of which me and johnny have an ongoing debate about how much time you need in sort of a romantic suspense or alien romance or anything where there's like action and and romance how much time you really need to get down when there's some sort of danger. Uh, scary thing, danger or scary thing happening. Shawnee's like, we need at least 24 hours. We need a safe space. We need a cocoon. I'm like, we need five minutes and a closed door. <laughs> like, you're me. You're me. And Shawnee is Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've already, de- I've determined this throughout this interview. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> you two are messed up. I'm like, yeah. no, there's someone on the other side of the door right now. Yeah. There's no time and I'm like, for let's just, let's just be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want much time. <laughs> Like, so we, comp- we compromise a lot. So sometimes they, you know, sometimes it's five minutes and sometimes it's 24 hours. Mm. <laughs> I just need not, I nobody, there not to be an imminent threat of death <laughs> in order for it. <laughs> well, I think this comes into that competency thing because if there's the hero and the heroine both look pretty stupid when they're like, let's get it on. But, but there's a bad guy outside the door. You know, we, um, they can't go on a huge mission and, but like, let's pause people and but we need some alone time. So if anything, they need to burn off a little steam for five minutes. And that's, that's plausible to our readers. And they validate, they validate that, that this hero and heroine can do this for five minutes, but there's no way they'd be smart to tackle 24 hours. So that's <laughs> our thing. 
<laughs> I guess like in five right. minutes when nobody's like when nobody's imminent, you know, they like they're inter- right. they're locked in a closet for the next <laughs> fifteen. <laughs> we have fifteen minutes. Fifteen yeah. minutes. We can't go nowhere. You're here. I'm can't here. Go no, we can't go anywhere. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, the, the last thing that we've been having a lot of fun talking about is, so we've been obviously talking about novels, but um, we'd like to ask our authors if they have any real life relationship advice for either for like maintaining a long relationship over the years. Grace, I'll start with you. Oh boy. Yeah. Like um, I'm glad it's Grace first. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, well, I am a bit of an anomaly. I met my husband when I was 15. Oh my goodness. She's a real life romance novel y'all. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says I was 16, but it was two months before my birthday and I have proof. So, um, he was only 17, so it wasn't like, you know, he was 30. Um, but we've been together for 35 years Whoa, and relationship advice. Um, keep going to pound town. <laughs> That's important. And, um, don't sweat the small stuff. Let it go. Cause you can drive yourself crazy focusing on all the little things they do that make you want to strangle them. Mm-hmm. Um, but all you're doing really is making yourself miserable because they're not going to change. Mm-hmm. They're not going to change. A solid, yeah. <laughs> a solid. Advice. Yeah. They are not going to change. So, you know, you thought it was cute when you were 20 and now you're 45 and you're going, why does he always leave the butter knife on the counter with butter on it? You know, stupid stuff like that. Just let it go. Mm -hmm. Just wash the knife. Yeah. Just throw it in the dishwasher. Who cares? My mom always says to like, um, she's like, when you pick your partner, think about the things you'll need when you're 20. And then she goes, now think about the things you'll need when you're 30. Now think about the things you'll need when you're 40. Like, don't just pick for the now, pick for mm-hmm. the decades, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Vanessa? Well, Michelle's been together, said with her husband for 35 years. I'm like the newbie and only been together for 29. So, oh my goodness, um, only 29, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, She's a baby. So, baby. Um, so Grace and I have, have similar um, relationship situations where we've been with our spouses for for more than half our lives. Um, and so at this point, you know, we don't, I, I don't even remember any other way. Um, it, I think when we first met in college, it was just easy to begin with. And I think mm-hmm. that's the secret to it is that if it's hard, I mean, life is hard. I'm talking about the relationship love part was easy. We just, be, just became friends and it just went from there. And that is just, it's just easy to be with them. So um, I have a grown son now and, I just tell him like relationships are easy when it's right. I said, I didn't say that it's going to be simple because gosh, don't we all have hard stuff that happens, but the actual relationship of being with, with your person, whomever it is, it's easy. Mm-hmm. I guys, would agree with that. First of all, great advice. And also two new advices that we have not heard yet. So that's yeah. good. I'm surprised and also, nobody, nobody years told us 29 years and you guys have been working together for a long time. You guys are... Old. <laughs> no, well, no, I was gonna say you guys are amazing because it's hard. You mean Shani have worked with lots of people over the years. It's hard to maintain a working relationship and a friendship in general without like egos getting in the way and without people, you know, maybe 
having kids and separating and like, or not separating, but like growing distant or whatever, like there's just life happens. And I think it's awesome that you guys have done well, this I, and also given us the the treat of so many wonderful books. I think it helped that we both struggled together through writing for so long. Um, so we, we don't have egos with each other because we both witnessed how hard we worked and how, and how much struggle there was and the entire growth process with that each of us went through. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're both also just people that are genuinely happy for each other. So it, it gets, <laughs> it gets more rare, you know, um, but we're, we're best friends. So we are actually, we love each other and we're happy for each other when we are successful. That, uh, I, I love to hear that. Yesterday, I, when I was talking to Bridget, I, I got on the, on the line. I was like, Bridget, I have this irrational fear that we'll grow apart, <laughs> you know? And she's like, no, we won't. I was like, I know it's irrational, but I just, that's, you know. I just getting, moved out of, I just moved to a different state. Yeah, mm. she, just, she just moved out of state. And, um, but it's funny because like Bridget and I, uh, we haven't known each other super long, um, but but in the years that we've known each other, we've just gone through things like the things that make you close really quickly. So like Bridget feels more like, like I was going to sound weird, but she feels more like my spouse, like mm-hmm. that, you know, than, than my partner. Like, you know, if something important came up, I'd be like, get out of the way, Bridget, Bridget, where are you? <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so that, that kind of friendship I think is rare. And I don't generally maintain friendships because I'm very out of sight, out of mind. Like if I don't see somebody for uh, X amount of time, I forget they exist. I have, I have like a, what do you call it? Object impermanence. Um, <laughs> and so like, I know in my mind that I have to specifically set a goal to make sure we stay close. It has to, that has to happen. Um, and so like, it's just, it's really nice to see that you guys have been writing and friends for so long and have gone through shit together and, you know, and, and are still chugging, but like, that makes my heart happy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you do have to prioritize a relationship, whether it's a friendship or a spouse or your, your kid. Otherwise it's just going to disintegrate. It'll be a slow death, but it will die. So I liked how you said your kid. (laughs) I know. I'm like, your your kid. kid. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that all the time. I have a one, I have a one and a half and a three and a half year old. So I'm definitely in the stage where sometimes I'm like, well, if I got to keep these kids alive, Bridget, you got to keep on trekking. (laughs) You made them, you got to keep them going. You got to keep them healthy and happy. But also I'm like, or I could hire a babysitter today because I need to be away from you so she can keep you alive today. And that is a valid personal need. You validate that. Uh, I don't feel bad at all. That's why I'm here talking to you. Can't talk to you with the one and three-year-old. They'd be in here going, ma'am. I was I was a nanny and a doula, and I I always said it's cruel and unusual punishment for anybody to raise their own children. Like, <laughs> uh, well, I have a 22 year old in college now that I stalk because he doesn't call me. I'm like, hello, are you alive? Text me back. Are you alive? Call me. Are you alive? So now I, I bug him, and he just texts back, alive. Alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for texting him directly because my mom texts me, have your brother call me. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> you have his number. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could have gone to the source. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. 
Right, you guys. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much again for coming on and talking about aliens and your books and romance and also your real lives. We appreciate you. Well, thank, thank you for inviting us. Yay. And you guys, we are also going to have Vanessa on because she also writes in a separate genre. So look out for that in the fall-ish time because we will be talking about one of her other genres. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.